Blog Talk Radio. Welcome aboard, folks. It's Mark, your political optometrist, ah. assisting you to see clearly with the unflappable Ruben Doris. Ruben, <laughs> where are you today? I'm I'm right here in the in the Lone Star State. So you're back in Texas, no? Because I mean, you you really don't seem to let any moss grow under your feet. We talked to you. You're in Iowa. You're here. You're there. You're there. You're here. Okay, so so you're you're back in Texas. Um, back so uh, let's start the show with. Tell me, uh, what do you think's going on with all this uh, Hillary chicanery and uh, criminality? You know, it seems well, like every day there's new developments. Well, I, I I keep telling everyone that I speak to that that Bernie Bernie is going to pull the, the biggest shocker and surprise in Iowa and in New Hampshire. I think he's he's ready for for prime time. I I don't think the DNC headed by Debbie Wasserman Schultz and the rest of her, her cronies are ready for Bernie, but I think Bernie is really. Uh, which is kind of sad also in some ways because if someone has declared themselves so, a socialist and people are voting for him or for her, uh, we're in bad shape then. Well, <laughs> people don't understand fully uh, socialism. They, they've been, uh, uh, they haven't been educated properly as to what right. the definitions of these terms truly mean. Um, uh, the, the way I like to sum it up, I saw this on Facebook once and it stayed with me, is capitalism is the bread waiting on the shelves at the bakery for you. Socialism is you waiting online outside the door of the bakery for a loaf of bread. And it can't be more stark than that. And the thing I like to impress upon the students is, hold on a second, capitalism is the mm-hmm. new radical social economic scheme for the average man, middle class, and lower class. Capitalism is what will pull you up from whatever economic bracket you're in if you want to work hard, if you get a little lucky. Um, capitalism will do that, not socialism. Socialism what? brings everything down to a lower common level, uh, except, of course, for the ruling class. They will continue to live in the lap of luxury. Now, in the socialistic environment and in the, in the American socialistic environment, that would be the characters of the DNC. You know, like like a, a Charlie Rangel who breaks the law doesn't go to jail. Like a John Corzine who breaks the law doesn't go to jail. Like an Al Sharpton who breaks the law and doesn't go to jail. Like a Hillary Clinton who breaks tons of laws and doesn't go to jail. That's what socialism will give you. Now, speaking of how these Democrats are exempt from the laws for us unwashed masses, let's look at the other hand of what the Bolsheviks do. Did you hear that the two young folks who recorded the Planned Parenthood uh, macabre policies, those two people have been arrested. Nothing with Planned Parenthood, 
Those two people have been arrested. See, that's how the Bolsheviks roll. How dare they think they're going to interfere with with the pro-abortion money laundering that's going on because, as I always tell the students, it's almost always about laundering money to DNC, Mm -hmm. radical leftist causes, persons, and campaigns. So now the two people who did the filming are arrested, Planned Parenthood, who's chopping up babies and selling them out like uh, uh, containers of milk from the grocery store, they're just skating along. And you know the thing that bugs me the most about this, Ruben? The Planned Mm -hmm. Parenthood gets taxpayer money. How the hell is Planned Parenthood allowed to turn around and make political donations? How can that be, Ruben? Why? They, they they have they have uh, a lot of influence and connections with the DNC. Um, they're basically a slush fund for the DNC. They 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 they, uh, they lobby and and they provide campaign funds for the DNC. So the DNC is going to protect their own um, people. They're all cronies, uh, but but yeah, but hey, well, I, I, no, it, it's quite obvious that they're both simpatico. But the thing that irks me is, wait a second, if Planned Parenthood is getting say half a billion dollars a year from the general taxpayer fund, how the hell can they turn around and make donations to Democrat candidates? Because technically, I'll go back to what Dr. Mark says all along: what they're doing is laundering general taxpayer money. Right. into leftist simpatico groups who then in turn take that long to some of that laundered taxpayer money and mm-hmm. give campaign donations to other leftist radical Democrats who are going to maintain this slaughterhouse and this butchery that that's going on. Now I, I I'm you know, I'm I'm a big believer in coming clean. I myself this may not be popular I do believe first trimester abortions should be legal. Uh, you know, I'm 62 years old. I've seen people get pregnant, uh, multiple people all around me get pregnant when uh, it wasn't in the best interest to have a child. It wasn't in the best interest of the pregnant woman. It wouldn't have been in the best interest of the child. They have to have that right to seek a legal, medically safe abortion. But these late-term abortions, that that's where it starts getting macabre. It's almost like an Edgar Allan Poe novel. You know, let's wait till the baby's eight months in in utero, then let's you know chop its head off so we can use the heart and the lungs and the this and that. It's like, oh my God! I mean, I would get weary doing that to a a chicken or a rabbit. <laughs> Ruben, nonetheless, another human being. Oh my God! But you see what goes on. The money laundering train has to continue. The uh, uh, so now the uh, leftists, which is their a, a newer tactic of theirs, use Democrat district attorneys, Democrat attorney generals to levy false, politically motivated charges. This goes back to the whole attitude of the old jackass administration, uh, where they are weaponizing. Most of the government agencies, and now this conversation started off with Hillary. What I'm finding interesting now is I'm sure there is an internal 
fierce tug of war going on between the Department of Justice, or, or actually the Department of Injustice, uh, who's following the orders of the White House Bolshevik apparatus, or excuse me, apparatchik, because that, that's what we used to call it when it was the Soviet and right. German uh, authoritarian police forces and weaponized government. We have that going on. So I'm sure there's a tug of war between the Department of Injustice and the FBI, which, to its credit so far, seems to be not as uh, tainted with this lawless, renegade, radical leftist uh, policy. So I'm sure I'd love to be a fly on the wall right now down there. Because uh, well, uh, I'm, you know, the the the, the FBI is going to be uh, DOJ, and we've never seen anything like that before, at least in my lifetime. Have Have you seen anything where uh, our DOJ and FBI are locking horns, Ruben? No, I have not either. Um, but I, I think that the that's one of the reasons why uh, Michael Bloomberg is jumping into the race. Uh, Michael Bloomberg, which, uh, you know, he's a former mayor of New York City. Uh, oh, yes, I'm in old New York. I know, Michael, yeah. know of Michael Bloomberg well. Well, for the audience, for, for uh, viewers that uh, may not know who Michael Bloomberg might be, uh, I, I have to tell you that when he was the mayor of New York City, the first term, he was good, and I, and I liked him. But when he he started, was pretty good his second term, too. The third term, he started getting a little nuts, though. Now, like you said, but, for the edification of the students, Bloomberg was the guy that wanted to outlaw big gulps in New York City. You know, silly. Uh, he wanted to outlaw uh, uh, the uh, cardboard, certain cardboard wrapping the size, for food. The size of you know, he, he was getting a little overboard. But I'm all for, you know, being that I'm a Trump supporter, I know, and Ruben is a crew supporter, by the way. But since we're not Bolsheviks, since we're not radical leftists, we don't attempt to censor each other. You know, I want to hear all about dead crews. Uh, I want to talk all about Donald Trump. Uh, no, unlike the Bolsheviks, who censorship well, well, we'll is their game. We'll, we'll, we'll get to our candidates, but I think we'll get to our candidates. But I think I think the the, the important part that we should focus right now is so let's let's discuss before um to set uh Blackburn uh comes on um is that when when Michael Bloomberg is thinking of jumping in and he's planning to jump in it's because there's something going on that is something's telling me that he he knows something that she's gonna go down. Because I don't yes, believe right, right. Although I have to tell you, like as I was gonna say as a Trump supporter, I welcome Michael Bloomberg because the big issue surrounding Michael Bloomberg, he is hugely anti-Second Amendment. Now, I don't see a Second Amendment candidate or, or, or an anti-Second Amendment candidate drawing votes from constitutionalists, conservatives, or Republicans on a whole. I think he would draw votes away from the Democrats because uh, maniacal gun control is 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 an old jackass issue. It isn't a Republican issue. So right. I see him pulling votes away from the Democrats. 
You know, I've been pondering this for several days since I heard that, Ruben. Oh, by the way, I wanted to say where Ruben's guest is a very busy, important lady. I am watching the switchboard. The moment she dials in, audience and Ruben, I'll hook, I'll state that she's here, and we'll get her right on the line. But but anyway, uh, because because I did promise in the advertising a surprise guest. Yeah, she is. She is. She she services over 400 families throughout the the, the U.S. and uh, she's very, very, um, very busy. Uh, as a matter of fact, she was on. Wait, sir, wait a second, Ruben. That could be a serious double entendre. What do you mean she services 400 families? In regards to investments. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you. That's all I did. I just wanted I wanted that clarified. <laughs> okay. So she's very busy. So uh, like I said, she 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 scheduled it for today, but I know that things happen. But anyway, uh, she'll she'll you know she'll call in one way or the other. If she doesn't, uh, we'll, we'll yeah. If she doesn't, that's okay. You and I have chewed out. You know, I wanted to ask the the audience. Um, Ruben and I were talking off air before the show. And I haven't heard anything about Oregon in the past few days. Neither had Ruben. Does anyone in the audience have the latest on Oregon? And we're asking that you call in so you can enlighten uh, the hosts and our audience as to what's going on in Oregon because I'm keenly interested in that. Um, It uh, looks like another patriot uh, uprising. And Ruben, you hear now that militia is in Flint, Michigan. Right. You hear that? That, that, was another... that, that there's yeah. a, uh, about 100 militiamen shaping up out there, too? Right, but, you know, the, the thing about Flint, Michigan, if, if no one has heard what's been going on in Flint, Michigan, everyone is, in, in, especially from the Democrats, they've been blaming Governor Rick Snyder. Now, I'm not... Uh, uh, yeah, the whole, the whole city council is Democrat. I saw that. Exactly. The entire yeah, Flint that's, city that's, council... That's, that's Mayor, exactly all of it is. This is where Democrat, I'm going. Just like in Baltimore, you, you yeah. know, when when but, you had the riots and whatnot, it was you know right. with racist Republicans. Hold on a second. Every single person in there was a Democrat, and 95 percent of them were were black. So I I just don't understand this racism well, charge being tossed around in that situation. Well, uh, of the six got, police got, officers indicted, three got, of them were black. You got to you got to remember that Rick Snyder and his and the gov- and his government, uh, the state of of Michigan, they took over the city of Detroit, the the educational system, and they took over the financial system because the, the city of Detroit went bankrupt, and they basically had to eliminate a lot of money that was going to the pensions of these cops, firemen, and and and, and individual uh, workers city workers. So Rick Snyder already has, uh, they, they dislike Rick Snyder. Not that I'm a big fan of, of Governor Rick Snyder, because I think he, 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 there's things that I don't like about him, even though he's a Republican. But Yeah, I'm surprised that Michigan elected a, a Republican. Well, they have. They have in the past. I mean, it, it, the western part of Michigan, and I've traveled throughout Michigan, uh, on work, on business, and Western Michigan tends to be more, more Republican, more in the urban areas like Flint, like East Lansing, like Ann Arbor, Detroit, 
they tend to vote more Democrat. So you got to, not the whole state of Michigan, there's different, different subdivisions, subsections of, of Michigan that are Republican and Democrat. So the vote can go either way. But the, the interesting part about the situation in Flint is that the Democrat city uh, council has known about the tainted water in the in in the uh, the city of Flint, Michigan, and they have not they have not done anything until this whole situation came out and they started blaming the governor on this. That's of course, because you know it's the classic blame game. The governor's a Republican. Uh, the facts. Be damned! You know it's the typical. I'm weary of their deceit and their garbage. And, and you know the thing I have to point out about Michigan. You know, uh, Michigan has a city called Dearborn. It's been nicknamed Dearbornistan. Yeah. And I've seen videos, for instance, where they would have like a carnival or a fair in Dearborn, and young Christian born again folks were handing out pamphlets and whatnot, and they were attacked. They, they, they would get attacked by the, by the uh, Muslim civilians. So right. this is something, uh, you know, that, that rings now to what Donald Trump's been saying. You know, there, there's a lot of this negativity going on, and you're not hearing about it, folks. It's being no. downplayed. It's being swept under the rug. Like Donald Trump, I've heard him say there's something going on here, and he's got his finger on it, all right. There is something going on here. Um, me personally, Ruben, I just think that our whole system, both in North America and in Europe, is totally corrupted by Arab-slash-Muslim oil money. Yes, all of that. I think they give money to the big boys at the top, and then the big boys at the top, the establishment party boys, tell their people what to do. We just had a call come in, Ruben. So uh, I'm going to put this person on the air. I hope it's your guest. Okay. Hello, caller. You're on the air. State your name, please. Oh, they just hung up. Oh, well. It was a strange number. It was all ones, Ruben. Oh, Oh, wow. It could have been a telemarketer. <laughs> yeah, it could have been. It could have been anyone. But but uh, getting back to the Flint, Michigan uh, situation, it's sad because uh, the ur urban area of Flint, you know, is a very very uh, slummy uh, area. And if you travel, if you travel throughout Detroit, uh, throughout certain cities in in Michigan, they're, they're Cities that are decaying. They're they're basically uh, there's people have left. I think the city of Detroit has over uh, eight hundred thousand people. A couple of years ago, they had over three million people. Uh, people have left the city of Detroit. They're leaving uh, cities like Flint um, that are basically they're becoming ghost towns. And uh, yeah, you know, Ruben, I gotta you know to show you how I roll. A couple of years ago, uh, I came out of Port Authority because I was in the city for a job interview. And I had two interviews, one canceled, but I had a lot of time to kill. I'm walking down 8th Avenue. I come across one of my favorite eateries, White Castle. I was shocked. I, I never knew there was a White Castle over there on 8th Avenue. It was in the 30s. And there was a guy panhandling out front. 
and he was like uh, a black Spanish type guy. So, uh, you know, I'm walking by, of course, you know, I'm dressed to the nines because I'm going on an interview. He asked me some change to buy some food. I tell him, you know what? I got time to kill. How about I buy you lunch and let's sit down and BS. The guy happened to be off the bus from Detroit. And the picture that he painted of Detroit was uh, wasteland, no jobs, uh, the only money people had was from government entitlement programs, and I'm not talking Social Security. I'm talking government entitlement programs. Uh, the place was poor, a lot of drugs, a lot of crime, uh, and he said that's why he had come to New York. And he had been in New York a few days. He had no money. So, you know, I bought him a big White Castle lunch, and, and he told me all about Detroit. So you're right. And, and this from some uh, – this kid – was born and raised in Detroit and left it with no money in his pocket. I mean, how well, bad was it? <laughs> well, to ask you, <laughs> that he came to a town he'd never been to before with no money in his pocket, but it's better than where he came from. Go ahead, Ruben. They they have had a couple of mayors that are, are in prison right now. Uh, Mayor Kilpatrick. Mayor, Mayor Kilpatrick is in prison right now for um, fraud. Which city, Ruben? Which city is he from? The city of Detroit. Oh, okay. Uh, I didn't know. All right. The the, the city of Detroit and cities like Detroit, like Flint, like East Lansing, like uh, Ann Arbor, have been controlled by the Democrats for the past 40, 50 years. Oh, so that's why it's all shot to hell. Yeah, people keep, you know, when I I travel throughout the state of Michigan, I learn so much about the different you know the the level of corruption in the, in in city government, uh, and it's incredible. I thought I thought Hudson County in New Jersey was bad. These areas are really horrendous. And then you know the, we we they wonder why is the, the these communities, you know, basically so deprived of good schools, good good you know opportunities. You know they have outsourced, they have pushed companies out. From the from the, uh, places like Akron, Ohio, like uh, Dayton, Ohio, Detroit, Michigan, they all these companies have gone because they cannot function in an environment like that. And, and, and oh yeah, sure. How, how, how you work is going to live within a decent commuting distance uh, when 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 you have something like that. But the pattern is always the same. It's always it, it's been under Democrat control exclusively for an extended period of time. Now, one of the cities that's different in America was was New York City, and that was because you had a succession of Republican mayors. You had Rudy Giuliani, who to me, the man walks on water. I would vote for him in the, as president in a heartbeat. Um, then you had Bloomberg, who was a Republican, but Bloomberg ran for a third term as an independent. And the only reason he was able to do this is because he was making campaign donations all around New York City candidates, as they used to say, up the kazoo. I mean, he literally bought his way onto that ticket, and he bought that third term. And that's when he started getting a little kooky. Right. But that's why New York City, you know, we're talking about how successful it was. It was because of Republican mayors. Now, the other thing I want to bring out with the cities is you have the Democrats are 
very content with the educational status quo. So you, you have in these cities predominantly minority citizens, their education systems are shot to heck, and the Democrats just want to carry on with that. It's the Republicans. And it's the constitutional people like me who, wait a second, you've got to give these kids a chance. Give them vouchers. Give them school choice. The Democrats say no. The Democrats say no. Screw these minority kids. F them and the horse they rode in on. And we're just going to keep everything the way it is. In the meantime, a million youths just get chewed up in a good-for-nothing education system. And uh, well, 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 that's let, an let issue me, that hurts me so much, Ruben. Well, the, the, the issue, that issue should hurt everyone, especially Democrats. You know, when, when, when you're talking about cities like Chicago, and again, like I said, I've traveled throughout the Midwest quite a bit when I, when I was working for uh, a, a major technology company. And, I, and one of the things that captured my attention is you go to the city of Chicago, you go to uh, you go to San Luis, Missouri, uh, you you go to uh, Detroit, Michigan. You're talking about these urban areas that have been controlled by the Democrat machine. In Chicago, it was the Daly family. They've been controlled. Oh yeah, Chicago. Oh please, the people yeah. that I know in in, in Illinois, Reuben, tell me. The Cook County is what ruins the state of Illinois. Just the one county alone ruins the entire state. I got to correct you. It's, it's not called Cook County. It's called Crook. Oh, okay. Correct me. What's it called? <laughs> Crook, Crook County. Um, oh, Crook. I don't call Europe anymore Europe. I call it Eurabia. What do you call a what? What was that? I call Europe Eurabian. Oh, Eurabia, huh? Well, <laughs> I just saw something on the news tonight. Italy is bracing. They're expecting like 600,000 refugees by boat uh, in the next few months uh, because of uh, the success of our sec- former Secretary of State, Hillary Clinton, uh, with <laughs> Valerie Jacket. Jack and Valerie Jarrett and uh, Obama have had such a series of successes. I'm being sarcastic, of course, because the Middle East is burning and in ruins from these lightweights. Um, although, I, I, I got to tell you, you know, every once in a while, when when you hear about Libya, you hear about Sid Blumenthal. Now he's a real <laughs> snake in the grass. Now Sid Blumenthal is like. Uh, a Siamese twin to Hillary Clinton. And she was conveying information to him when he was in Libya back and forth. And I read that he was in Libya pursuing business interests. So I think that's why they knocked off Gaddafi. So moneyed people behind Hillary Clinton could come in in the chaos and make even more money. And then they could donate to the Clinton Foundation again. <laughs> The money, you know, because it's always about the money with these people. You've always got to remember that, students. It's about how can they illicitly get their hands on money they haven't earned, that they have no right to, and then live a lavish lifestyle, all the while telling us we have to be austere 
so I, I mean, again, the yeah. two words I have, for, especially for the Democrats, are disdain and revulsion. And I'm a Democrat. Hello, registered Democrat. And uh, I'm, I'm just not a Democrat in, in my word. I was the consecutive democratically elected committee person in my district. <laughs> so I'm a real Democrat. I was on the congressional Democrat ballot. I'm a real Democrat. Well, you know what? I, I, I was. I, I grew up in, 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 in my family. I they were all Democrats. I, I was a Democrat, and, and and one of the things that I was told, my father was part of the uh, teachers union in New York City, and so I grew up thinking, and I was told that the Republicans were evil, and they were for only for the rich people. And I'm right. like, wow, that, that, then I don't like them. You know, so I, I, was, I was brainwashed initially in the beginning to be told, right. oh, they're no good. And then I started discovering when I started making money, I said, wait, wait a minute, these guys are taking all my money. Why should I continue voting for, for them? <laughs> Excuse me. So, yeah, right, I without wanna, a doubt. I want to touch. I want to touch on on on, on Europe. I don't want to. I have a lot to uh, a lot of comments to make on 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 the state of 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 the continent of Europe and the countries that are part of, part of the European Union. Number one, Europe as, as it is today is done. They're done. They're done They're, because you have a crippling economic system that is totally totally out of whack. Starting with countries like Italy, Spain, France, that are basically totally economically right now, nowhere to go. But there's an abundance and overabundance of, of a welfare system that is going to continue to cripple those economic uh, economic systems. Plus, I don't know if anyone out there knows or has an idea that any of these countries that are part of the European Union, they don't really have a voice in how they can plan for the future for their citizens. Everything is controlled in Brussels, in Belgium. The European Union, the parliaments, they're basically they're the ones who make a decision and decide how much each country and what budget and what, can, what they can do or cannot do. So now they're telling all the European leaders, you know, including Miss um, Merkel in 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 Germany and and Francois Hollande in in France, that you have to allow and bring in more jihadists into the country. Yeah. And look at and the European people are basically they don't have a say. There's no there's no way of them able to express themselves because there's no freedom of expression. Look at what happened with Bridget Bordeaux. Bridget Bordeaux is, is about to go to prison in, 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 in France because she was critical of the, 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 the over-extended uh, acceptance of allowing more jihadists to come into... In yeah, I, I just want to tell the students who Bridget Bordeaux was. She was a, uh, a sex goddess from back in the day. Go ahead, Ruben. <laughs> And then, like you, you just mentioned, Italy. Italy, basically, they're, they're bringing in 600,000 more jihadists into the country. I mean, 
people, the youth in Italy, they're leaving the country because there's no jobs. There's no growth. Everything has, you know, it's basically, they are basically waiting. That Italy and, and, and a lot of the European countries are waiting to a point. They're, they're at a point in their history right now that they will ne- never be able to come back and recover. And then you have the Scandinavian countries. They're raping the, the, the jihadists are, are raping their, their women, and no one is doing anything about it. Well, you, you know, Ruben, my, my, my attitude with that is is just like Obama sells out uh, the American populace, the European leaders are also selling out their populace. And this goes back to what I said a little while ago. They've all sold out the Arab Muslim oil money. I'm sure these guys are pumping big bucks into these guys. So these guys then tell their underlings, we don't want any ill words against Muslims. We don't want any ill words against refugees. They tell the newspapers, we don't want any stories about the the carnage and the savagery that's going on. We want you to to uh, plug those and not report them. This is what I feel is going on, Ruben. They've all sold out. And what drives me crazy again is... Greed is not a trait that I tolerate easily. Go ahead. Well, the, the the other the other country that really I feel sad because I have friends from Greece, and 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 the the misery that the Greek people are going through, and on top of that, they're bringing more people in from the Middle East. Yeah, and, and then also, you you know what I don't understand. Many of these, the people not coming by sea are coming through Turkey. Why don't I hear people saying, hey, Turkey, shut the damn door, hello? I mean, Turkey seems to be facilitating this uh, Muslim invasion or or, or this influx. Now, you know, I'm here because... uh, uh, I've had a well-rounded existence. I, I, I have to tell you this. I had a son go to school in Europe uh, about 2005 and 2006. Already, there were waves of immigrants coming from North Africa just because of the poverty uh, into Europe. Now, my son was at my father's homeland. He was in Malta. Malta is a small island it's not that far from Tunisia, from North Africa, for our geo- geographically challenged students. Um, and what Malta would do is Malta would have patrols on their southern beaches. When these people came in on boats and landed, they would immediately put all these people in fenced-in camps. They would not let them assimilate into the population. They would not extend to them social benefits because Malta certainly can't afford it and knows it because it is a very small island nation. Um, And that's how a small country like Malta was dealing with a Muslim influx 2006. So it's funny how the Maltese handled this, I think, properly because they're protecting themselves because Malta, although it's Semitic, although it's predominantly Arab, uh, they're fiercely Roman Catholic. They are not Muslims. 
So right. they see right away the issue that they we're going to have. Wait a second. We are a Christian nation. You folks, uh, you know, God bless you, but you're a different religion. You won't assimilate into our culture and lifestyle. So they actually had a leader as opposed to what we have in the White House, who seems to be a facilitator to the erosion of the American way of life. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree with that. Uh, but I think that the problem in Europe is when when you – and there's so many issues that, are, that the Europeans are facing today, and they will be facing even more if their leaders, supposed leaders, don't take a, 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 a tough stand on, 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 the, on the, the increased number of jihadists coming to their country. But I think one of the things that, that people need to look for is that tourism, that is such a, an important part of Europe. I personally have traveled to Europe, and I love traveling to Europe. My kid has traveled to Europe, and we love to travel to Europe. I'm not, I don't have any desire to travel to Europe. With the current situation in Europe, and I, I don't think I'm... I'm by myself, someone who, who, who who's a minority when it comes to this, I think there's a lot of people that are second thinking thinking twice about traveling to Europe because of the current situation in Germany. Even with your strong dollars, when it's more economical to go to Europe, people are reconsidering. Right, the dollar is strong against the euro, but the current conditions. Look at what happened in Paris. Look at what hap- has happened in, 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 in different parts in Belgium. In, in Twice the time you know, they had it. Yeah, there's so much tension. There's so much uh, you don't know because there's, there's such an increased number of jihadists all over. You don't know who's who. You don't want exactly, to be. Exactly, exactly. I, 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 I don't know how. I want to be. I, I don't know how I, I, I would deal with it myself if I were over there, although what's being downplayed, Ruben, in the American corrupt, radical leftist censoring Bolshevik press is now they're having huge gangs of European men vigilantes. Uh, I, I, I saw something of a whole bunch of them. You know, you know they have these areas even in London where if you're not a Muslim, you can't go there. Uh, in Germany, they have them. In Belgium and France, now the citizens of these nations are massing together in large groups and marching through these areas. Uh, the American press, of course, isn't covering it because it runs counter to the uh, Arab oil money uh, slash Bolshevik uh, agenda. Uh, so you're not hearing much about it, but a lot of that is starting to go on. So I'll go back to what I said, Ruben. Just like Obama sells out the brunt of the American citizenry, the European leaders are selling out their citizenry as well. This Merkel is unbelievable. There is no way this woman is going to win re-election. And whatever party she's with is going to get clobbered whenever the next uh, German elections come up. Uh, because if you haven't noticed in France, the ultra-nationalists uh, are close to getting a majority in their federal uh, legislature. The, uh, you know, the uh, Le Pens. Uh, their, yeah. their, uh, they're ultra-nationalists. They're against the Muslim influx. And they're gaining political strength. Go ahead, Ruben. 
the daughter of Jacquard Lapin. She is she is someone who who's also being persecuted because of her position against the jihadists. In, in, in right. And but she is gaining a lot of support, and I think. Francois Hollande, who, who, who has admitted that he's a socialist and he's acting, he's performed the duties as a socialist. I mean, he wants to raise income tax, taxing the, the citizens almost to eighty percent. That's how sad this this individual. And if you look at Francois Hollande, that's what Bernie Sanders would be. That's what Bernie Sanders would be. Uh, right, right, or even worse, I can't imagine a lightweight like Bernie Sanders. I mean, forget the fact that he's a radical left socialist, that he's uh, a, a communist. You know, I, I have a meme I post on Facebook. It's got a picture of Mao, and it's, it's got his name, M-A-O. And then next to it is a picture of Bernie, and it says L-M-A-O. You know, laugh my ass off. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I, I just love that one. But forgetting that, forget his woeful economic shortcomings, uh, his, his woeful approach to government spending money. The man, what experience has he had? He's been a senator from the little state of Vermont, as opposed to Donald Trump, who has built a megalithic global empire. Hello. I mean, talk about, I, I don't even want to say Davy and Goliath because Davy was righteous and won. It, it, it's not David. I, I, I can't even comprehend an analogy of this stumbling lightweight versus a some, one of the best men, and I'm going to have to say it because of what he's accomplished, it has to be one of the top 100 Americans business-wise in this country ever, Mr. Trump. Uh, you know, Bloomberg now, we'll, we'll mention him, he even has more money than Trump. But right. he's too nanny state. He's too, you know, he, he's too anti-Second Amendment. Uh, well, as opposed to Trump, who's pro-Second Amendment. Trump won't give a damn if you get a, a big gulp over at 7-Eleven. I mean, come on, with everything going on in this world, you, you, you're you going to do this? You know, in the private sector, Ruben, we call stuff like that busy work. You know, where, where you're too afraid or you're, you're too timid to tackle the big problems, you find other little malarkey to do. And then you boast about the accomplishment of it. That's called busy work in the private sector. No, we don't need busy work. We need heavy lifting. Let's touch on 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 the presidential candidate when we reach in a couple. Uh, let's give it another ten minutes, and then we'll touch on that, and we'll finalize. We'll, we'll okay, yeah, because we only got sixteen minutes left of the show. I okay, have to yeah. apologize to our listeners. The guest hasn't come wanted, on. Go ahead, Ruben. I'm sorry. Yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to stay focused on the the situation in Europe because whatever happens in Europe impacts America. You know that that's that's basically the trend. I don't know. Are they that big of a trading partner with us? I thought it was Canada was our biggest trading partner, followed by Mexico. Uh, Europe, maybe Europe. South Korea, Taiwan, Japan, 
Uh, I thought Europe was further down the list. Europe, Europe has a lot of influence in in in, in our economy. We have a, we sell a lot of products to Europe. I mean, our our multinational companies they do a lot of business in in Europe. And if the European market and the European economic system is not working, I mean the the European Central Bank, which is the the, the, the comparable to the Federal Reserve in Europe, yeah, ECB, the ECB, basically they're setting up, they're they're basically controlling also the interest rates. They have, and that's something that eventually will will have will have um to set come on. I'm quite sure that she, something happened that you can make it. Uh, but that's something that is, is impact is going to impact their base, their interest rate percentage. They're, they're, they're having they're, they're having they're having the same scenario that we're having in that people who have uh, who save money or who have money in the bank are not making any money. So what are Europeans doing? They're basically taking their money and they're 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 setting putting their money in the stock market here in the U.S. Yeah, well, we got the same problem here. You can't get any interest. The bonds aren't right. paying any interest. It's the stock market is your only act in town. Specifically, the good ones are those stocks that pay dividends. Again, I'm going to mention them. But what, the, the point that I'm trying to get to is that the Europeans, even the middle class or uh, upper class or the very, very rich, they're basically not going to be putting their money into buying products, American products or other products. They're going to be taking their money because they're not making anything on their money. And the, and the stock market, the, 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 the stock market in Europe, basically the same scenario. They're, they're really in bad shape. So they're moving a lot of money. That's the reason our economy has been doing a lot better than, than other economies because we have foreign money that is investing in the, in the U.S., so my point to this is that the the European economy needs to rebound in order for us, the U.S. and U.S. companies, to do well. I don't know if that's going to happen, Ruben, because, again, um, if it weren't for China, Europe would be a wasteland that w- with whatever glimmer of economic goodness that befalls Europe is because of China. Because, again, uh, I was in international buying. Uh, I knew merchants traveling all over Asia, and their common theme was, uh, well, I see a lot of European cars and stores and vehicles and buildings and this and that, and the only thing we see American in China was the oldest elevators. So, uh, the fact that China, it looks like it's slowing down, they're saying, is going to impact Europe severely. Is it going to impact us? Yes. Europe even more so because, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, Europe does an extensive proportion of their business in China, of their activity. Well, I, I have to tell you that, I mean, when I traveled, when I was in China, in, in Beijing and Shanghai, uh, oh wow, man! You've gotten lot. around. I haven't. Yeah, I, I went with my uh, my my son has been learning Mandarin since he was uh, in middle school, and oh, um, good man, he's smart. Yeah, he he speaks uh, Mandarin. 
So we went with his school to, we traveled, we went one year to Taiwan and another year we went to um, to China. We went to Beijing, uh, Shanghai, and three other cities, Qian City, which used to be the capital of China. And one of the things that I noticed, besides the European influence, uh, a lot of European business, there was a lot of, you know, American business over there. And, but the, the, dealing with the Chinese market is very trickery because you don't know if they're telling you the truth. I mean, they're, they're basically, they're good at telling at, at you. And, and that's the reason I've always, since that experience, I've always hesitated to invest in any company, China, because I don't know what's going on. You know, yeah, you know, yeah. Now, the only question is, as you said they're trying to con you, is did they learn from the Democrats in this country or the Democrats <laughs> learn from them? Which one do you think it is, Ruben? <laughs> well, one of, one, of the, one of our colleagues that was uh, our tour guide, he said that in order for you to do any business in China, in, in, let's say in Beijing, or you want to do business in any other uh, part of China, you have to basically go to the Chinese finance ministry. And the finance ministry basically works with the governor of each of the provinces of, uh, in, in uh-huh. China. And in order for you to get to that point and do business, you have to pass and give money. You have to pay up before you even get to where you want to do business. That's how corrupt it is. And oh, well, it, it's, don't forget, audience, it, China, although it is uh, planting one of its feet in the capitalist uh, camp, its other foot is firmly in the communist authoritarian government camp. So China is a unique place in that regard. I give them credit for being smart enough for for unleashing the uh, capitalist uh, radical political theory, proving the lives of hundreds of millions of Chinese. But like Ruben said, at the same time, it's it's what we call the sword of Damocles hanging over your head. Now, to explain to the students, it's an old Greek tale where some king was doing something, what have you, ticking some people off, but he was getting away with it. And then at one of his feasts, he looks up, and there was the sword of his enemy, Dad Damocles, hanging by a human hair. So it wasn't going to stay there long. And so it became a famous expression, the sword of Damocles. It means there's severe danger lurking right over your head. And that's what you have with China. Because now, don't forget, when we had that issue a few years ago with the dog food, they just took the guy, the communist government guy, who was in charge of that out in the back, and they shot him. I mean, I'm sure the DNC would love to do that here if they could get away with it, but uh, and things well, haven't regressed that far yet. But that's how I'll, they deal I'll, with it. I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a brief, um, brief little story on what happened to one of our uh, colleagues that was traveling with us. Go ahead, eight, eight minutes, minutes, Ruben. Yeah, eight minutes. No, we'll go right into uh, the presidential topic, uh, 2016. Right uh, after this. And my colleague, you know, he basically, we went to a restaurant, and apparently he didn't like the restaurant, he didn't like the food that this, the restaurant was serving. 
So he got on, on his Hotmail account. Not in and is in China? In China. So he, he, okay. he, he's telling us. He, he's, he's basically being critical. He's telling his uh, his wife how horrible the food was and how how dirty the place was. Next day, he sends a message to his wife. The next day, he basically goes back to his computer and tries to send another message. Guess what? His account was right. blocked. Because he was critical of Chinese service. That's how wow. that's how control that, that's how much control they have over, over their citizens. Well that's the common and that's what uh, the DNC aspires to over exactly. here, folks. Let's right. ask the two people that uncovered the Planned Parenthood butchery who are now facing 10 years in jail, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of fine because they dared, dared to spit upon the holy mountain of Planned Parenthood. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and, we, and you know what surprises me? The charges are being filed in Texas, Ruben, against those Planned well, Parenthood people. I, I, I have to tell you really quickly, Harris County, that's Houston, in the city of Houston, is controlled by the Democrats. That's oh, yeah, because urban. you know what? We had a failed police commissioner here in New York. I think his last name was Brown. Lee Brown, Lee Brown, Lee Brown. Yeah, and then he ended up going over there to Houston to be their uh, police chief, and we were all laughing up here in New York. Oh, geez, this guy stinks. Yeah. What's their problem? But because he, he, you know, he was a black guy that, played along, that played the radical leftist fiddle, he was their man. You see, this is the other thing with these government leftists. Expertise and skill in your uh, vein, in in your occupation, is not mandatory, is not necessary with the uh, radical leftist Bolshevik apparatchik. What's most important is loyalty and blind leftist ideology, and whether you, even if you do your job bad, like the, the idiots that tried to set up the websites for uh, Obamacare, you, you know, which of course you know cost billions of dollars, which means that Democrats again were laundering money to other to their Democrat pals. Because I'm telling you, I've built networks for hundreds of companies, Ruben. And for $5 billion, I could have built the ACA network on the friggin' moon, okay? You know, I could have paid to fly up there, paid to live up there, and paid to maintain the network for that kind of money. That's absolutely ridiculous theft. And it all went through Michelle Obama. Isn't that sweet? You know, you know Michelle Obama. She's the one with 60... uh, Servants over there at the White House, sixty aides, or, or, or excuse me, or is it eighty-four? Uh, you know, something like that. Ridiculous. Yeah, but let's let's touch let's touch on. Uh, we only have five minutes. Let's touch on uh, the the debate that's coming up on Thursday in Des Moines, Iowa. I just again, I yeah, I just and Donnie's bowing out. Right, right, no, no but let, let let me just touch and then you can go ahead and, and finish it, finish it off. I think this debate. Is uh, again, I was I was in a, in the state of Iowa. I traveled to various cities in the state of Iowa. I met with a lot of evangelicals and and different people from different uh, communities. 
And I have to tell you that it's very cold and hard to get around throughout the state. And the the, the person or the candidate that has the best organization, that has a great volunteer base, is the one that, that's going to win the caucus. You, you know, it's basically trying... And I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you the. Uh, you can. You can um, make your point after that. But I think right now, as much as I believe Donald Trump has a good chance of winning, I did not see any organization in the state of Iowa for Donald Trump or anyone else in the Republican Party. In the Democratic Party, I. Bernie Sanders has a lot of people out there. Hillary, I did not see too many people. So my well, point you, you, is, you know, here's an observation I can make on that, Ruben. With the Trump, it's unusual. He's running a campaign from the top down, and with the ground game and Cruz, which is the classic political uh, strategy, he's doing from the bottom up, and Trump no, no, is, but, but, you know. Completely different animals, top down. Because I'll I'll tell you this, Ruben, wherever this guy goes, including in Iowa, they stuff the venue, no matter if it's 10,000, 15,000, 20,000, 8,000, wherever he goes, including in Iowa, he packs the house. That's got to tell you something. These people, if they wait in line just to hear Donald Trump, Without the guarantee they're going to get in, you don't think they're going to get their fanny out there and vote for him? Remember, remember, remember who, who who won the last two caucuses for the Republican Party? You know, um, the uh, has-beens, Huckabee and Santorum. Right, because Huckabee and Santorum had a good, a really good ground game. In order to win Iowa, you have to have a ground game. You don't win without a ground game. It's hard, and and I and I can tell you, I I was at the Cruz campaign. I I, I worked with the the people who who are decision makers there, and 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 you have to realize that these individuals know the state really well. There's no one else out there in the Republican Party that knows the state of Iowa as well, because you're talking about some of the people who are working there. They're from there, from. And they okay, Ruben, I got to wrap it up, baby. I got to wrap it up. Okay. Uh, this is uh, we're students for a better future. We're students for a better future, led by Her Highness Doreen Finkel. We all <laughs> love her. Uh, That's right. We have a website, studentsforabetterfuture.com. dot com. We live off your donations. A hundred and sixty percent of your donations go towards the cause. We have no overhead. Uh, I say one hundred sixty percent because all money donated to us. And additionally, Doreen is always dipping into her pocket and laying out money. Everything, one hundred sixty percent of the money given to us goes to the cause. We are students for a better future. I'm Mark Falzon. I was here with Ruben Torres. I apologize. Our guest didn't show up. Uh, It's neither fault of ours. I hope the the, the lady is fine. I hope she's doing okay. I will get back to Ruben. Say good night, Ruben. All right. Have a good one. We'll see you next week.
See you next week, baby. Uh, I might have a surprise guest on. All right, bye-bye. <laughs>